Hey, this is Evan Black, pastor of Faith for Life Church, and this is our podcast. Thanks for joining us today. If you don't yet know Jesus, I'm so glad that you're listening, and I pray that this message empowers you to give your life to Christ. If you're just starting out on your journey with Jesus, I hope this empowers you to connect with Him. If you're strong in your connection to Christ, I believe this message will empower you to follow Him. So enjoy today's message. Amen. Well, your Bible should fall open by now to Mark chapter 4. We've been on Mark chapter 4 for several weeks. I believe today is going to be the conclusion of this series we started called Seed to Soil. We've been looking at this parable that Jesus told. And um, t- today I-, I-, I wanted to start with this uh, story that I-, I came across this week. And it's a story of this minister who he gets up to preach a sermon. And he begins by, by telling this story. He says there were four worms. And they were placed into four separate jars. And so the first worm goes into a container or a jar that was full of alcohol. And the second worm was put into a container that was full of cigarette smoke. The third worm was put into a container of chocolate syrup. And then the fourth worm was put into a container of good, clean soil. And so this minister, he goes on and he preaches his sermon. At the end of his sermon, um, he, he reports the, follow, the following results, which won't be shockers, right? So the first worm that went into the container of alcohol died. Shocker, right? The second worm that went into the container of cigarette smoke died. The third worm that went into chocolate syrup died. But the fourth worm went into good, clean soil, and it lived. Now, I have no idea what he was preaching about or what the topic was. It might have been Mark chapter 4 or, I, I don't know, been something. But then he asked his congregation, and apparently not like a rhetorical question. He asked them and gets an answer. He says, well, what did you learn from the demonstration? And a woman sit in the back. She raised her hand really quickly, and, and she says, as long as you drink, smoke, and eat chocolate, you won't have worms. <laughs> I don't know, I don't know, I don't know what his point to his sermon was, but I am sure it was not that. Like, like I, I don't know what he was preaching on. I don't know what the topic was. I don't know what the verses were. But I am sure that that was not the point. This lady completely missed the point. As we finish this, this series, as we finish reading Mark chapter 4, do not miss the point. Don't miss the point. Not just for today's sermon, but for this word, for our lives. Like, don't miss the point. This is not about worms and chocolate and alcohol nor cigarette smoke. We've been looking at Mark chapter 4. In first service, maybe this is why they were quiet. I actually read every verse in this chapter. We're going we're gonna to shorten it and, and give you some things that you've already known and recap a little bit. Mark chapter 4, Jesus begins. He's got a crowd around him, and he goes out on a boat, and he tells them a story. You guys have heard this multiple weeks now. He, he says, hey, there was this sower, and he scattered some seed, and some of it fell on the path, and some of it fell on rocky ground, and some of it fell on thorny ground, and some of it fell on good ground. It produced 30, 60, 100-fold. He who has ears to hear, let him hear, and that was it. And God bless you. Good night. Thanks for coming. Like, that's all he told the crowd. And then the disciples come to him, and the disciples are like, hey, Jesus, so what does that mean? And Jesus is like, you don't know what this means? How could you not know what this means? Like, if you don't understand what this means, then you don't understand what any of the other stories that I've ever told or ever will tell. You can't understand any of them if you don't understand this. And then he goes on to begin to explain it. Let me read in verse 15. He says, these are the ones along 
the path where the word is sown, when they hear, Satan immediately comes and takes away the word that is sown in them. So the, the soil is our hearts, um, and this may be a representation of our hearts overall or a portion or segment of our hearts. The seed is his word. And so he's saying this, this that falls on the path, we looked at this several weeks ago, the path is hard. And in Matthew chapter 13, we're told that the path is the path because when they hear the word, they don't understand the word. And because you don't understand the word, when you hear the word that Satan comes in and just snatches it right away. So the path is hard and it deals with our mind. And the path is not the point. The point of this parable, the point of our lives is not to make sure that we aren't the path. It's a lot of negatives, but I think you, you get the point. Like, this is not the point. The, the point is, is just hearing the word and being open to the word and understanding the word. Because he, he goes on. He says, and these are the ones sown on rocky ground. The ones who, when they hear the word, immediately receive it with joy. They are glad to hear the word. They're excited about the word. They even believe the word. And they have no root in themselves, but endure for a while. And when tribulation or persecution arises on account of the word, immediately they fall away. Tribulation or affliction is pressure by circumstances. Persecution is pressure through people. And when they fall away, it means that they were offended. So here you have people who heard the word. They understood the word, so they're not the path. And the word actually is, they believe it, they accept it for a while. But then some form of pressure comes and they get offended. And we talked about this. It should be nearly, if not impossible, for believers to be offended. So you just got to ask yourself, how many believers do you know has been offended in the last three months? Since this presidential election, you don't know anything that's been offended? Because I've I, I, I seen a lot. Why, when we get offended, we need to recognize that offense is simply pressure that Satan brings to, for the word's sake. That's what, offended, that's what offense is. So what are the areas that get you offended? Those are areas, this is not going to be nice, where you probably don't have the word rooted in you. Because if you get offended in that area, then there's a lack of depth in that area, which lack of depth comes from a lack of time, time invested. See, I know certain things about who God has made me to be. So it doesn't matter what you say about it because the depth of it is so deep that it's, you're not going to offend me. There may be, I'm not admitting to this, <laughs> but maybe there are some areas where I'm a little less secure. I'm a little less rooted in who God is, what God has said about me in that area or what God has said to me about that area. And so your words may have more impact than they should, and, and I may be a little more easily offended. Have you ever noticed how many Christians, not just in the last three or six months, but like how many Christians nowadays are just so easily offended? We should be the least offendable, and we might be the group that gets the most offended the fastest. Like seriously, I, I can't think of another group that gets more offended more quickly than us believers. I deal with it all the time as a pastor, like well, you did this and you didn't do this and you said this and you, and I'm like, <laughs> first of all, there were other people in the room. That was not even about you. I didn't even know that about you. I'm going to keep it moving because we already went down that, that, we already talked about this, but the is not to be rocky ground or the point is not even to get past 
being rocky ground and, 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 and getting to the point where pressure, no matter what pressure God brings to you, you're not going to get offended. You're going to hold on to the word, but you can't do that if you don't have any roots, if the word doesn't get rooted in you. And in verse 18, it says, and others are the ones sown among thorns. They are those who hear the word, all four hear the word, but the cares of the world, the deceitfulness of riches and the desires for other things enter in and choke the word and it proves unfruitful. So here you have this group who hear the word, they understand the word, so they're not the path. They, they've moved past uh, the pressure that may come through people or through circumstances and they're still holding on to the word and they're not offended and they're not falling away. And the word is growing, it's rooted in their hearts and it's growing up and it's even growing up out of their hearts and producing. But at the very same time, they care too much about what's going on in this world. They've bought into the lies of riches and what riches will do for you. And, they, and or they, they, they have these lusts for these things, these natural things. And at the very same time that the word is growing up in them, these other things are growing up. And we are told that inevitably those other things will overtake and choke out the word that God has given you, the seed that was sown. And it will prove to be unfruitful, which makes us think, that this is also not the point, that the point has got to be fruitfulness. And we see that when we keep reading. We keep reading in verse 20, but those that were sown on the good soil, the good soil is the point. We want to be the good soil, not just overall, but we want every, every little slice, every little segment of our heart to be good soil. The good soil are the ones who, here, here it gives us three things. Hear the word. Again, all four hear the word. So this isn't unique to good soil. But at the same time, let's not pass over in this uh, parable, in this study, the importance of hearing the word. We're told that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word. So we shouldn't just hear the word once. We should be continually, consistently hearing the word. Whenever a pastor or whenever your Bible study or your devotion takes you to verses like this that you've probably read many times or heard preached many times, you, you still need to value the word. You still need to come at it recognizing that God can speak to you and will speak to you and wants to speak to you in ways that maybe he hasn't before in these verses. Have Y'all ever read something in the Bible and like you read it and it's like, whoa, I, I never heard it that way. Like I, I never understood it that way. It just, what we say is it jumps off the page at you. Well, if you take this word lightly, if you're like, okay, they all hear the word, I hear the word, no big deal, then those things are not going to happen for you. And those things are important because it's not just a light bulb moment. It's not just a feel-good moment. It is for uh, your guidance. It's for your purpose. God uses those things to empower us. So don't, don't, don't move past the fact that we need to be consistent and intentional in hearing the word. So good soil is those who hear the word and accept it. So they not only hear it, but they accept it. Now, it's our responsibility to accept it. To accept it or not accept it is our responsibility. The seed is, is, is going to be sown. And, and God has proven that he can use <laughs> not just people, but he can use all kind of things to sow the, to sow the word. I mean, we can go through scripture and see some miraculous things. But, but, but we have the word at our fingertips in amazing ways now. And so whether or not we hear it and accept it is on us. It's not on God. It's not on that seed. It's on the soil. So whenever you say things like, well, that pastor's just not very good. That preacher's not very good. That message just wasn't very good. What you're saying actually more about yourself than you're saying about the person that delivered the message. 
Because if you, if you are good soil, then you're not only going to hear it, but you're going to accept it. And as long as they're giving you the Bible, yes, I get it. Like, there's ways to present it that's better than others. And, and oh, y'all are, y'all are, this is way different than for service already. <laughs> but, but, but we do have a responsibility, not just pastors, but all of us. When we sow the word, when we scatter seed, when we share the gospel, when we tell people our story, we do have a responsibility to give it to them away that they will understand it so that it doesn't fall on the path. When it falls on the path, yes, that's a part of the responsibility of the soil, but it's also a part of the responsibility of the, the sower. Oh, man. Come on. Y'all, y'all ever been to, maybe when you first got saved, you went to a church and they, they, just, they just talked to you like you already knew the whole Bible? Okay, I'll give you an example. Um, I've shared this before. One of my high school friends, uh, he, he actually, I went to church with him one of the five times I went to church before I got saved. And and um, y- y'all remember this story? It was actually like the fifth time. And so we went to an, an all-black church in our hometown, which like there, there weren't many black people in our hometown. And, and so um, I didn't know, I didn't even know, I didn't go to church at all. So I didn't know the church was there. So we go and we're sitting in the back and we walk in and because they brought me, everybody in the church, <laughs> like they, they like forget the preacher, there's a white guy here. And, and I, I didn't, I didn't, I had no idea. I didn't know anything about any of this. And so um, his mom was furious and she like grabs us. We were kind of younger. She like grabs us like, come on, we're leaving this place. We're not, we're, we're out of here. And I don't think they went to church very much anyway. Um, and so we go to another church. There was a second all black church in our hometown. I had no idea, like no idea. And so we go in that church and we walk in and we sit in the back and y'all know what everybody did. Everybody did the same thing. And she was like, no, we're out of here. Let's just go to lunch. Like that was one of the five times I went to church. It was all of like 10 minutes in two different churches. <laughs> oh, man. Um, so later on, when I actually gave my life to Christ, I, I was talking to this very friend whose mom took me to church in that one time. And I remembered that. And, and I was like, hey, so I didn't know how to ask him. I was like, hey, so why don't you go to church? I didn't ask him why he didn't believe in Jesus because I didn't know and I honestly didn't know how to answer if he would have responded any kind of way other than I do. So I was like, church seems more safe to ask. So like, hey, man, so like why don't, and we were best friends in high school. Hey, why don't you go to church? And he said, every time I go to church, the pastor, he, he just talks to me like I already know stuff that I don't know. And it makes me feel dumb. And, and I don't, you know, I don't never know what he's talking about. I'm like, well, what do you mean? And he's like, because at this point, I'd never been to church. I don't know. I don't know what, like, I'd just give my life to Christ. I didn't know. And he's like, so he'd be reading something, and I'd be kind of following that. But then he'd reference, like, you know, David and Goliath. And I'm like, who is David? How do y'all all know David? Like, he, he didn't, he knew nothing about, he was like, and then, like, he'll go to the book of Job. <laughs> it's, it's not called Job. <laughs> But, but he'll call it Job. And, and he, so he was confused. And man, that's always stuck with me because whenever we, not just me, not just, this is not just me as a, as a preacher, but us, whenever we share the gospel, whenever we sow seed, we need to be aware of, of what soil it's falling on so that we don't present it in a way where it's automatically the path and it has no choice. Like we don't have to use old Elizabethan King James to be able to share 
the gospel. We don't have to use words that nobody else has heard of outside of church to reach those who don't go to church. <laughs> like, 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 like if, you're, if somebody really doesn't know Jesus and you start talking about the anointing, they don't know what that means. That is falling on the path simply because you're presenting it in a way that it has no choice but to be the path. How did I get, I don't even, what verse am I on? Because <laughs> I know I'm not on, okay, we're just going to, okay, let's keep it moving. Oh, we were talking about offended some kind of way. I'm just going to pick up in, anybody know where I was? 20. I was already on 20? Wow. Yeah, accept it. Yes. They have to be able to accept it. That makes more sense now. They have to be able to accept it. So we have to be able to present it in a way. But also us as believers, we need to accept the word. And, and we need to not just accept the word overall. We need to individually accept the word in those very compartments um, within our hearts. And bear fruit. This is the only thing that's different than the others, is this bare fruit, 30-fold and 60-fold and 100-fold, meaning we need to be good soil, and if we are to be good soil, we can't just hear the word. That's not the point. We can't just believe the word and accept the word. That's not the point. The point is to hear it, to believe it, to accept it, and then to do it. It's why James said we shouldn't just be hearers of the word, but we should be doers of the word. If we're not doers of the word, then it's like we're looking in a glass or a mirror and then we're walking away and forgetting even what we look like. Like it's pointless. That's not the point. The point of this is not to understand more about soil or seed. The point of this is not even to, to uh, get to a place where you understand the word every time that you read it or every time that you hear it. The point is to do the word. The point, the, the very point of a seed, what's the purpose of a seed? The purpose of a seed is to produce the purpose of a seed is to have something grow up out of it that, that, that is bigger than what it was and produces other things just like it. It's the same here. It's why Jesus is using this as the illustration for one of, if not the most important parable that he tells. It is about producing. It is about doing the word. And until you get to a place where you are doing the word, you are missing the point. If you come to church every Sunday and you leave and your, your life isn't changed, nothing in your actions, in your words, in your thoughts, in your prayers change, then you are missing the point. That's not the point. The point here is to be fruitful, to bear fruit. Now, if you think about this, the thorny ground also bore fruit in a way, like it grew up, but it grew up alongside thorns. So what's the difference here? Because there has to be a difference. The difference is in, in good soil, it's not just growing up alongside other things or not just growing up once, but it's continually growing up. There's some consistency. There's some time involved in this, in this bearing fruit, this increasing. When you read this throughout the other versions, there is a, uh, the tense of the words is not a past tense. It's a continual it's a continual thing. It's increasing, not increased. And this is something that we shouldn't just do once. It's something that we should continually do. So if you get to the point where you say, okay, I am applying the word to my finances. So now I'm going uh, uh, to tithe and I'm going to be generous and, and, I'm, and I'm doing that. Okay, great. Well, now you're good fruit, you're good soil in that one area, but you need to continue to increase into the other areas. And 
honestly, the more that you follow God and hear from God, you'll increase in that area as well. But the moment that we think it's just about bearing fruit and once I've seen the fruit of this, then I'm good. No, 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 you, you, you've missed the point. Now, I, I, I had a longer message prepared um, because I've always heard this, I've always read this, and it's always ended right here, that this parable is always ended in verse 20. Even if you look up, even if you Google uh, the parable of the, of the soil or parable of the sower, it'll tell you uh, uh, three different times that it's in the scriptures, but it'll tell you Mark chapter 4, verses 1 through 20. And you can go and you can read it and there's commentary and there's all kind of stuff available to you. I've always heard it stop right here. I've always read it as it stops right here. But, but let's, let's think about this now. Jesus had a crowd He taught the crowd, then he leaves the crowd, and then he's explaining it to his disciples. Now, why do we think it ends right here? We think it ends right here because he's finished explaining what this means to all four types of soil. And he only gave four types of soil to the crowd. So this is the end, right? But I believe that God led me to this this week to just keep reading the rest of the chapter. And the first time I read it, I was like, okay, God, I don't... That was good. I've heard all that before. What, do you, what does that mean? Why do you want me to read it? I believe that this parable and his ex, Jesus' explanation of it doesn't stop in verse 20. I believe this whole chapter is about this parable. Let, let me show it to you. Now, this is where I got really excited and first service got really quiet. <laughs> so, so take that for what it's worth. He's explaining it to him. He goes through all four. In verse 21, it says, and he said to them. So he says, here's what the path is. Here's what the rocky ground is. Here's what the thorny ground is. Here's what the good soil is. And he continued to him. He says, is a lamp brought in to be put under a basket or under a bed and not on a stand? For nothing is hidden except to be made manifest, nor is anything secret except to come to light. If anyone has ears to hear, let him hear. And I'm like, God, what does that have to do with seed and soil and agriculture and hearing the word and accepting the word? Like, what? This th- I, I, maybe y'all just got that. I don't, I don't know. I didn't get it for a long time. I might not have got it. I think I got it last night. <laughs> I'm like, God, I got to preach this tomorrow. What does that mean? <laughs> y'all don't understand. People are like, what do you do? when you don't preach, like, what do you do the rest of the days? You don't, you only preach on Sundays. What do you do the rest of the day? I'm like, shh, if you only knew. Half of it is trying to figure out what God wants me to say on Sunday. It takes me all week. But did y'all catch this in verse 21 through 23? Do y'all know what this is? This is Jesus reiterating the answer to the path. The path. Remember, the path is the hard ground that you, that they don't understand it. And then Jesus flips it. He talks about a lamp and you don't put it under a basket, under a bed. But he says in verse 22, nothing is hidden except to be made manifest, nor is anything secret except to come to light. If you you actually went back to verse 12, he says, listen, to you guys, you understand. You you have the ability to not be the path because you're in the kingdom. But those that aren't in the kingdom, they're only going to hear in stories or in parables. So so they're not going to be able to understand unless they repent, unless they turn and forgive. Here he says, listen, nothing is hidden to you except it will be made manifest or it will come alive, it will show up, nor is anything secret except to come to light. 
Let me, let me, I never will add to the scriptures, but let me add a little bit to context to help us understand what he's saying here. Because y'all are looking at me like first service did. For nothing in the word is hidden except to be made manifest. Now, pastor, you can't just add that in the scriptures. I know, I know. I'm trying to help you understand. He's talking about the word throughout the entire chapter. Seed is the word. Soil is our heart. He is the sower. He's talking about the word. Nothing is hidden in the word except to be made manifest or to show up. Nothing in the word is secret except to come to light. What's the answer to the path? Understanding of the word, right? Like, man, he, he told it. Then he explained it, and he's like, if y'all didn't get it, let me make sure and let me come back and give it to you another way. And I'm like, man, God, that is, that is amazing. I've never heard that. I've never saw that. I've read that verse, those verses. I've never thought about it that way. And then in verse 24, and he said to them. So this is the same conversation. He's continually talking to them, and he said to them, pay attention to what you hear. With the measure you use, it will be measured to you, and still more will be added to you. For to the one who has, more will be given. And from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. And I threw my hands up. I was like, God, I have no idea what you're talking about now. Like, what? What, what does that have to do with any of this? Like, I don't, I, I, again, maybe you got that. Took me till, I think, again, last night. And I'm like, all right, well, if verse 21 through 23 is him reiterating the answer to the path, Maybe, let's just stay in line, maybe this is about rocky ground. So if you remember, rocky ground is that ground that's shallow, that deals with our feelings, tries to get us offended because we don't have the word rooted in us. And then I was like, oh, wow. Pay attention to what you hear. What you hear is the word. That's what he's talking about here. What is that? That's the seed. And he's saying, pay attention to it. Pay attention to it. Well, if you're going to pay attention to the word, then that's going to be a level deeper than hearing and understanding. That's actually going to get it rooted down deep on the inside of you if you pay attention to it, which is the answer to rocky ground. I'm like, God, it's like you knew this was like this. And I'm just now finding out. <laughs> like, <laughs> this, is, this is amazing. So, so he's telling us, pay attention to what you hear. With the measure you use, it will be measured to you, and, and still the more will be added to you. For the one who has, more will be given, and from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. So again, let's add the word in there. For the one who pays attention to the word that he hears, the more that he has, the more that he will be given. But even the, one, the word that he doesn't will be taken away, which is exactly what he was talking about in Rocky Ground, where you can hear the word, you can understand the word, but if you don't have root in it, it's going to be taken away. But if you will get it rooted, then God promises to even give you more. Have y'all ever met those people that like it's not just you read the Bible and something jumps out at you one time, but like every time they talk, it's like the deepest thing you've ever heard. It's like the most amazing. I mean, y'all are like, Pastor, that's you. <laughs> no, I know. Trust me, I'm, I am not confused. I am, I am not confused. about, But I, I know people like that. It's like, man, I just want to hear them talk. 
Because I feel like they, 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 it's just like whatever understanding, revelation they have, it's like it's just more and more and more. The more they talk, it's like just the more they have it. Well, God's promising that if we won't be rocky ground. That the more we have, the, the, the more we're willing to get the word rooted in us and understand it and allow it to grow up in our lives, the more that he will give us. Because why? Because the word has levels. It has foundations. It's why you can't really talk to people about um, healing until they, they understand and know Jesus. Like, like without this first level, none of the other stuff makes any sense. Y'all are, y'all, are, y'all are making me struggle this morning. It's why God says that, that, that he uses the foolish things of this world to confound the wise. And, and us that are foolish actually become wise because of what? Because of our reverential fear and knowledge and connection with Jesus. So, okay, path, rocky. I'm like, Lord, I hope this next one's thorny. Verse 26, and he said, so again, same conversation. The kingdom of God is as if a man should scatter seed on the ground. Like, wait, God, you're going to repeat this? Like, this is, you've already said this twice. He scatters seed on the ground. But then he flips this. He goes a different angle. He says, he sleeps and rises night and day, and the seed sprouts and grows, and he knows not how. The earth produces by itself, first the blade, then the ear, then the full grain in the ear. But when the grain is ripe, at once he puts in the sickle because the harvest has come. Now, um, the sickle was and still is a hand uh, tool that you would use to to reap a harvest. So it would have a handle and then it would have a curve. It would have a curve and on the inside of the curve would be a sharp blade, like um, almost like a a sharp, sharp like a knife. And so what you would do is you would hold this sickle that had this curve on it and you would hold the top of the wheat or the tares and then you would, you would use the sickle essentially to cut the bottom and get the wheat and the tares out. And then you would actually separate the wheat from the tares um, by using that sickle whenever you pulled a harvest, which he is absolutely talking about thorny ground right here. This is so good. This is so good. He's, he's like, listen, listen, the, 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 there's going to be a harvest because you've done what you needed to do. That's without saying. Like, the, the, there's going to be a harvest because you've heard the word, you've received it, you've allowed it to get rooted in you. But there's also going to be these things that grow up. And when it's time, when it's harvest time, when it's ready, you're going to use this sickle and you're going to cut it away And you're going to get what you need and you're going to discard what you don't need, which is the very answer to thorny ground. When those other things grow up alongside the word in your heart, so you've heard it, you understand it, you believe it, it's growing, but there's also cares of this world, deceitfulness of riches and lust for other things growing. He's like, all right, if that happens, you have to take that sickle, you have to get your harvest and you have to separate those things, get those things out of your heart and hold on to the wheat, hold on to the word that God has given you. It's the very answer. So surely the end of this is going to be good ground. And he says, with what can we compare the kingdom of God or what parable shall we use it for? It is like a grain of mustard seed. Here he goes. He uses seed again. Which when sown on the ground is the smallest of all the seeds on the earth. Yet when it is sown, it grows up and becomes a larger than all the garden plants and puts out large branches so that the birds of the air can make nests in its shade. It's good ground, good ground. The seed doesn't have to be big. 
You just need, you just need God's word. You just need to hear it once and grab a hold of it. You, just, you don't have to know Genesis to Revelation. You don't, you don't have to have this big, massive faith to get started and get going. Because when that seed, no matter how small it is, when it falls on good ground, it produces not 30, 60, 90 fold, but 30, 60, 100 fold. See, if it were 30, 60, 90 fold, then that's a natural progression. That's a natural progression. 30, 60, 90. Those are all like 30 plus 30 is 60 plus another 30 is 90. I'm a little hesitant because I know we have a math professor in the room and he's taught me some things about math that I didn't know. Did, did y'all know that one plus one doesn't always equal two? It's a different sermon for a different day. But my man taught me that one time. But this 30 plus 30 plus 30 is a natural progression, right? Okay, it's an, okay good. I'm, I'm on safe ground there. I didn't have to check in first service, but he's blown my mind so many times with numbers that I had to just make sure. So that's a natural progression. But 30, 60, 100 is a supernatural progression. So, so what is God saying? He's saying no matter how big the seed no matter how much you hear, God has the capability in every seed to do the supernatural in your life. If you will be the good soil that will hear it, that will accept it, and most importantly will let it work, will apply it to your life. He's like, this is another example, another explanation of this good soil. And I'm like, God, this is so good. And then I read the rest of this chapter. And I was like, <laughs> clearly you're no longer talking about this. So when we read it, he says, with many such parables, he spoke the word to them as they were able. That's really good. We don't have time to talk about that. Able to hear it. Remember, all four heard it. Three of the four understood it. Two of the four allowed the word to get rooted but only one of the four continually allows the word to produce. So he says they all heard it as they were able. He did not speak to them without a parable, but privately to his own disciples he explained everything. Now, this is where I got lost. On that day when evening had come. So think about this. He taught the crowd. He told the crowd the story. Then he explained it to the disciples and then he re-explained it to the disciples in a different way. And then later on that, that night, that very night, he said to them, let us go across to the other side. And y'all probably heard these verses and heard these verses preached. And leaving the crowd, they took with him them in the boat just as he was. And other boats were with him. And a great windstorm arose and the waves were breaking into the boat so that the boat was already filling. But when the stern, but he was in the stern asleep on the cushion. And they woke him and said to him, teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? And he awoke and rebuked the wind and said to the, the sea, peace be still. And the wind ceased and there was a great calm. He said to them, why are you so afraid? Have you still no faith? And they were filled with great fear and said to one another, who then is this that even the wind and the sea obey him? Now, now I know y'all got it, but for my sake, let me, just, let me just break this down a little bit. They were just, they heard it. They, it was explained to them twice. A little while later, guess what? They had an opportunity to apply it into their lives. Now, if you've been following Jesus any amount of time, here's what I know. Once you hear a word and you hold on to it and you understand it, it is not going to be long before you have an opportunity to apply it to your life. That is why whenever we announce that me and my wife are preaching about relationships or marriage, we need all of you to immediately begin to pray for us. Like immediately. <laughs> if we're going to preach about money, we need to pray about all of our financial situations. 
Oh, come on, y'all don't act like y'all don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> there is a reason why Sunday morning is, is difficult to do things that other days it's easier to do, like get everybody out the house. <laughs> like like the, Satan comes for the word's sake. We say that all the time based out of this parable. But this is what happens. God gives us opportunity to apply his word once we hear it. And sometimes we love that. Other times we're like, eh, God, you could have kept that. I'm not sure I wanted that opportunity. And many times we don't recognize that God's given us that opportunity to apply it. I don't believe the disciples here recognize this, but they absolutely had this opportunity. Here's how I know. The same night he gives them instructions. Now, Jesus is the word, right? So when Jesus speaks, it is the word. So they got the word. What is that? That seed going into soil. So the, the seed was sown. God spoke the word. The word was, let us go to the other side. That's instructions. That is instructions for them to, to do something. That's a promise that they will get to the other side. That is the word of God. Now, many times when we read this, if you're anything like me, I've read this parable before. I've heard this preach and I've thought like, man, I need to make sure I apply all the things that I know in this word. And you absolutely do. So if the word tells you to forgive, you need to make sure that you apply that and not just know that, right? To know it does you no good. But to apply it is, is, is the sweet spot. That's the point. And if it were to be generous, then we need to be generous and we need to apply that. Like, I've always thought that. But here, God doesn't remind them of something in the law or something in the Old Testament and tell them or remind them or give them an opportunity to apply what he just taught them. No, he speaks a word directly to them. We would say this is a rhema word, a spoken word from God, not a logos word, which is a written word from God. He gives them a rhema word, and this is the seed that he is sowing into their soil, into their hearts. And so this storm comes, which, well, first of all, before the storm comes, they actually hear it. We all, all four hear it. They understand it because they get in the boat, and they have other boats there. So they, they understand it. So they're not the path, right? It got past their, their understanding. It's not the path. And, and they're going for a time. And then all of a sudden, a storm comes. What is that? That's what we read as tribulation. Or if you have the King James, it's affliction. It's pressure through circumstance. And so we're told that if they are, if they are rocky ground, then it's shallow. What Jesus said is shallow. They got it. They understood it. But it's not deep in them. They're, they're not holding on to it tightly. So it's shallow. So if pressure comes, they will get offended. Pressure of this storm comes. And what do they say? Teacher, do you not care that we're dying? Like if that's not a phrase from somebody who's offended, I don't know what is. Like that, that do you not even care about me? What happened? They, when they had an opportunity to apply the word, when they had an opportunity to get the point, they completely missed the point. They're talking about alcohol, cigarettes, and smoke, and chocolate. It wasn't the point. He gives them an opportunity and they missed the point. They, they only got to rocky ground. They only got to affliction. They didn't even get to persecution. But let's play this out because God gave them an opportunity. So had they been good soil in this area, in this time, 
then they, we should be able to see all of these play out, at least in opportunity, right? So they're, they, here are these guys in a, in a boat. Jesus tells them to get in a boat, and, and they're going, and all of a sudden this storm is so bad that, like, professional fishermen are like, we're going to die. How long do you think it would have taken before some of them started saying, hey, that Jesus of yours, you need to go talk to that Jesus of yours. Any married people in here? Any married people with kids? Y'all know how this goes, right? Like there's times when they're our kids, right? There's other times where, the, oh, that's my son. That's my daughter because they did something great. But there's other times when they, don't, when they act up, oh, that's your boy, right? Like one of these guys would have been like, that's your Jesus. Your Jesus got us out here about to die. And he don't even, he's in their sleep. He don't even care. That absolutely would have played out. And they would have had an opportunity how they handled that pressure from people. What's the, what's the next one? The next one is, is thorny ground, right? So the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches. That these are their boats. They have things on these boats. Uh, the lust for other things. They all come into play. If they lose this boat, if this boat is crushed and destroyed, they, they lose that then they absolutely would care about that if they were the thorny ground. They would have an opportunity of how are they going to apply God's word, God's word to go to the other side. Not his Old Testament word, not his word from the law, but his spoken word to them. They absolutely would have had the opportunity to be good ground, which is soft ground, which is ground that applies his word, which they could have spoken to this storm themselves. Because Jesus says, <laughs> why are you so afraid? Have you still no faith? I've, I've taught, you've heard me talk about this. I've taught it to the crowds. I've explained it to you. I re-explained it to you and you still have no faith? You still have no faith? So much so that they still, even after all this, they're like, oh, now I get it. No, they're like, who is this? That even the wind and the sea obey him. Man, I read the, about some of the stuff that the disciples did and said, and I'm like, man, I think I'm doing all right. <laughs> I think I'm not that bad. And I know that can be dangerous, but sometimes you just need a little encouragement, right? Like, like, like if Jesus is like, the point is to apply my word. I'm going to let y'all take a little break, and then I'm going to give you my word. And then you don't apply the word. Like at some point... It, it reminds me of like Jesus saying like, I'm going to die. And three days later, I'm going to be risen again. And he dies. And they're like, oh my God, what happened? Like he told you. He told you this was going to happen. Like he predicted it. And then he pulled it off. He's Jesus. How do you not get this? Do you not understand the words that are coming? Uh, maybe y'all aren't old enough for that or too saved to get that reference. But, but like, I, I feel like they're like this all the time. They had an opportunity to apply his word and they completely failed. But God expects application of his word so that he can dictate the production of it. See, it's why he says 30, 60, 100 fold. He gets to decide what happens. He decides the results, but he expects us to do it. He expects us to apply it. God expects application so that he can dictate production. Make no mistake about it, when you leave here, maybe today, maybe before you get off this campus, but sometime very soon, you will have an opportunity to apply his word. 
You may have multiple opportunities to apply his word. And that may mean pressure through people. That may mean pressure through circumstances. That may mean you read something tomorrow morning or today or whenever and you don't understand it. Or, or that may mean you, you recognize that cares of this world, the, 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 the uneasiness and uncertainty about the election is just rising up and building up in you. I mean, there's all kind of things. And you're going to have an opportunity of whether or not you're going to be good soil. And whether that portion of your heart is going to be good soil. And once you recognize it, take that sickle. <laughs> reap your harvest. Separate the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches, the lust for other things. Your response to those pressures. Separate those things. and Grab a hold of his word. And let his word work. Apply it. Do your part. And leave the results up to him. Well, if you enjoyed today's podcast, there's a couple things I'd love for you to do. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. You can also invest in helping us empower others to follow Jesus by texting any dollar amount to 512-520-0185. Thanks again for joining us today on the Faith for Life podcast.